You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners and viewers. Welcome to today's podcast. I am so excited to have Michael Arterberry with me. He is a force to be reckoned with in the best possible way. He is an author. His book is called Be Encouraged, 250 Days of Motivation and Encouragement. You can find that on Amazon. Michael is doing great work in the world as a very experienced motivational speaker. And he also teaches his own curriculum to young people, which I find incredibly fascinating and I can't wait to hear more about. So you can multitask and check out his website, Michael Arterberry, that's A-R-T-E-R-B-E-R-R-Y.com, as well as youthvoicescenter.org, center is C-E-N-T-E-R. And uh, you can email Michael at LLC at gmail.com. Don't worry if you missed that, I'm going to put it all in the show notes. Welcome, Michael. Welcome. (laughs) Yes. How are you? How are you? I'm very excited to get this opportunity. Oh, I am thrilled to be speaking with you today. It is the things that I know that you teach about are so intriguing to me because so often, like the courses that I teach, you know, Heal Your Life, Emotional Freedom, you know, Break Down Barriers, you know, those are titles in the self-help movement or personal growth movement that are quite common. You've got some very uncommon titles to your speeches and your classes and so I wanted to talk about a few of those. The two that really jump out for me is shake the dirt and be the driver of your car, not the passenger. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So to set up the shake the dirt title, I have to make it relevant. So I'm going to tell you a story. And the story is about a farmer and a donkey. And this donkey is one of his favorite farm animals because once he finishes working on the farm with the donkey, he brings the donkey back home and he allows him to play with his kids. So imagine he walks down the driveway and the kids come running out the house and they come out and they wash him, they ride him, and then he releases the donkey back out into the farm. And this becomes a normal ritual. One night he brings him home. They do their thing with the donkey. Once they're finished, they go inside to eat, but he releases them back out to the farm. During the evening, while he's wandering, he wanders and falls into an empty water well. Now, when he falls into the empty water well, of course, he can't get out, so he starts making donkey noises. The farmer comes out the next morning. He whistles for the donkey. The donkey doesn't show So he starts searching for him around the farm. He finally hears him making donkey noises at the bottom of the well. And he walks over and he's like, you know, I want to take get my donkey out. And so he goes and gets six of his friends. He brings them over to the well and they decide that they're going to pull him out with some rope. So all six of them grab some rope and they start trying to lasso the donkey. They throw the rope, they miss, they throw the rope, they miss. They finally throw it by the donkey's hind legs. He steps into the rope, they shimmy it up his body, and they start to pull. They pull the donkey moves, they pull the donkey moves, they pull the donkey moves. Then halfway up the well, they realize that the donkey's too heavy. So they lower him back to the bottom of the well, and now the farmer has to make a grim decision. You see, he can't feed him food at the bottom of the well because that wouldn't make any sense. He can't starve him because, like I said in the beginning, he's more like a pet. 
one of his hot-headed friends say, hey, just shoot him. He's like, no, I can't shoot him. So one of his more reasonable friends came up behind him and whispered in his ear and said, listen, you don't want your kids to fall into the well. So what we got to do is we're going to have to sacrifice your donkey, but we're going to make your kids be safe. So we're going to cover him with dirt. The farmer said, you know what? I can deal with that. So they all got shovels and they started shoveling the dirt. Every time that dirt would hit the donkey, the donkey would scream. And of course, it would cause the farmer some distress. So you got dirt, scream, dirt, scream, dirt, scream. And then the next thing you know, the donkey scream stopped. Once the donkey scream stopped, they gave him a moment of silence, but they went back to work. More dirt, more dirt, more dirt. The next thing you know, you see the donkey's right here. So they start shoveling faster. The next thing you know, you see half the donkey's body. So they start shoveling faster. And the next thing you know, Victoria, this donkey walks right out of the well that he fell into. Now, this is what happened. Every time that dirt came across the wall, he would fall on the donkey's back. He would shake it off and he would step on it. And he took every scoop of dirt that was meant to kill him to save his life. Now, I tell you that story because I am the donkey. And my dirt is the fact that I grew up in a home with a raging alcoholic father, raging with a capital R. And what I mean by that is he raged from the time I was born until the time he died when I was 16. And so what happens is, is imagine going through my days growing up. Anytime I got lost in fun, I would be reminded, you know what I'm saying, of you have to go home to that dad. So I never really had a day full of peace. On top of the raging alcoholic father, both my parents worked full time. My dad was a bus driver. My mom was a housekeeper. But my dad's money went to drinking and my mother raised four kids with a housekeeping salary. So we didn't really have much money, you know, in our home. On top of that, when you have an alcoholic dad, the dysfunction is what leads the house. And I say that because... I remember growing up and my parents having these blowout arguments and no one would debrief with me what just happened. I would just get dressed and have to go to school. But the silver lining to my story is the fact that I used all of what I've gone through be a catalyst to push me to be successful and help other people. So that's the premise to my Shake the Dirt curriculum. You know, I find the best teachers in life are the people who have been there and who can relate to the pain and suffering of other people, but also who give them hope for a brighter future and for being able to facilitate change in their own lives. And, you know, that's something that I do with my work as a Heal Your Life trainer, right? I get groups together, we go through a healing process together and watch each other grow and transform. And I understand that one of the quotes in your book uh, that is really great sets up really well what I think that it is that you do with teenagers, like the difference that you make in the life of teenagers and young people. Would you be willing to share that quote with the listeners? Yes, yes. Short-term thinkers plant gardens. Long-term thinkers plant trees. Eternity-minded thinkers plant themselves in the souls of others. And so what that quote means to me is that I feel that we have to live conscious lives and we have to make sure that our interaction with other people is conscious. And you have to make the effort to make that connection and leave them with an impression of who was 
that person that I just had an interaction with. You know, if you don't mind, if I get a little spiritual, if that's okay, I um I'm a spiritual, and I'm saying this to you because one of the songs that I listen to mentions how if you're looking for Him, I hope you find Him in me. And so what it means is if you're looking for God, because I believe in Him, I am a representation of Him. So some people may never find him, but they may see him within me. So I'm always cognizant of that possibility when I'm in front of other people. That is so beautiful. And I believe that to be true. And, you know, depending on what culture or background you come from or your belief system, whether you believe it is God or the universe or creator or source energy, Mother Earth, whatever you believe that to be, I believe that we have a part of that within each of us. Each of us has that within ourselves. And our job, Michael, you and me, and so many other people around the planet is to help those people who have not yet identified with the light within them, with the God inside of themselves, and to find that and to bring it out. And so on your website, youthvoicescenter.org, you talk a little bit about how you help young people see that God self within them, that light within them. Can you share a bit about that? Yes. So um, what I've done is I've created a curriculum, which I call Power of Peace. And just to give you an understanding of how it rolls out in schools, you know, I go into a school, I'll ask for 20 students. We do everything in a circle and I'll ask for a cross section of students. So I want that room to be be filled with uh, the job, the honor roll student, white, black, Latino. And I run them through four days, but two days at a time, an experiential experience that helps them to find perspective within themselves, but then at the same time, build community with people that are not like them. To start my groups off, what I do is I show a picture of the house that I grew up in. And if you saw the picture, most people would think it was condemned. And so I explained to them, it's not condemned, it's how I lived in it. And I walked them through how it felt to live in that house. But then I pull out a picture of where I live at now. And I put the picture side by side and I explained to them that life happened in between these pictures. And what happened in between these pictures is what brings me to the room on that day. And that's what I do to start it off, just to allow the young people to understand that I'm not this perfect being that's coming to share a curriculum with them that is not understanding of people that may have issues. Now, I do that so that when I open up and I start to do my activities, that they understand that it's okay if you have things that that you've gone through. So that's sort of the setup of what I do with my program. And what I do is I run them through specific activities to give them insight. So one of the activities that I do with them, Victoria, is an activity which I call, who am I? And so imagine what I do is I have them write down 10 words that describe who they are, um, positive or negative. You're smiling, so I think you may do something similar. But So 10 words that describe who they are. And then once they have the 10 words, positive or negative, I explain to them that nobody will see it so that they're not afraid to put certain words down. Then I have them put them in order. They prioritize them, you know, and then I run them through a script and I have them crumble up each one after I do a line in the script. By the time we're finished the script, they have the 10 pieces of paper on the floor in front of them. And then what I have them do is I have them pick up the papers they want to keep, but keep on the floor the ones that they don't want to keep. You know what I'm saying? And so what they do at that time is when we come out of it, we debrief. 
And sometimes you'll have teenagers that break down in tears as they go through the papers because we do things in life and it's subconscious. So when they read the word and I read the sentence from the script, it echoes. See, when we say things out loud, they they represent something different in our lives. And so as these 10 words are echoing to them, they start to find some perspective and some direction for their lives. Oh, absolutely. And I was smiling because I think that is such a powerful exercise. And yes, I actually just did something in my journal similar to that the other day, just listing things that you know I really love about myself and things that I would maybe like to make some shifts in. And what I thought was really powerful about what you shared, and I've never heard before, was to prioritize that. So which statement is the most true for you? And then to be able to shift that I'm assuming you shifted into a a positive, some sort of affirmative statement for them that they can carry with them and give them strength of that attribute within them. And I can, and I think also having them release that message to the floor and only pick up what they want to take with them is so incredibly symbolic. And I congratulate you on this powerful, powerful exercise. And I'm certain that you have and will continue to make a difference in the lives of people. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing Yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. So tell us a little bit about, so your program for high schools is called Power of Peace. Right? Yep. You also do uh, some motivational speaking with adults. What is your favorite part about that? You know, my favorite part about motivational speaking is um, when you stand at a podium and like I said, I'm a spiritual being, I come with a script that I'm going to follow, meaning my speech. But I have a gift to be able to quiet my spirit and it channels the spirit of people around me. And so, you know, I I think, no, I don't think I know that I follow, you know, we talked about be the driver of your car, not the passenger of your car, which, you know, in that, what I mean is that we are products of our thought lives and that people don't understand that you have total control of the thoughts you keep or the thoughts you get rid of. And so what I do is I explain to them that, you know, it's difficult on a human level to just be affirm yourselves. Then we have other people that throw negative things on the pile. So you're constantly filtering through this information. And what I explain is that if you don't kick a negative thought out of your mind, it plants itself, it germinates, and it grows. So back to my quote, living a conscious life, which sometimes is tiring. See, that's why people don't like to do it, Victoria. See, if you just, I call it living sloppy. If you just walk around the world and you just bump into things, it's easy to do that. But to wake up in the morning and deliberately live takes work. But I explained to my audience that if you take the time to do the work, then the fruits of your life is so much brighter. And so, you know, from the podium, I walk them through these different things. I talk about regrets. I talk about how you want to be remembered. And what I love is every so often getting that shift from the spirit where I'll just jump off. Something comes to me and I, you know, and I'll just share with the audience. But the best part is when the talk is over and you have those few individuals that come up and they're like, you were reading my mind. You know, I'm so glad. And I mean, sometimes tears in their eyes where, yeah, 45 minutes, 45 minutes, you spoke to them, but you've 
giving them some clarity. You know, I start most of my talks with the donkey story. And I actually usually have a slideshow where I, I show my house and, and I explain about living there. And I think the donkey story alone in any audience across the country, because we all have our own dirt, I can step from the mic. I can drop the mic and walk away after the donkey story because it does its own magic. You know, you're so right about the donkey story. Because just knowing that we can always make the choice to rise up. The donkey made the choice to rise up. He could have lied down. And I could cry just talking to you. You are so incredibly powerful and your message is so clear. And one thing that really strikes me is how you live your life in service. That is such an incredible gift to the world. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for pointing out to all of the viewers and listeners, you know, what you said, we are products of our thought lives. I always say what a Louise Hay quote, which is our thoughts create our future. And so really asking yourself throughout the day, you know, what are my typical thoughts? Just if you go through this exercise throughout the day and just reflect and think, what are my typical thoughts throughout the day? And, you know, we live in in a very challenging time right now with a lot of uncertainty. So maybe a lot of our thoughts are going to fear or negativity or anger or frustration. But if we can shift those thoughts and like Michael, you were saying, go to that God place within ourselves, that that divine being and really connect with love, with peace, with oneness, we will have a completely different experience in the same environment. Yeah, you give me chills, so we equal. You know, and it's funny when we when we started talking, you know, we had a little chat before we started. It's almost like we're cut from the same cloth, but the language you use, and it's almost when you identify other spiritual beings, you know what I mean? I love to speak to all, but when you meet another person who comes from the same place, What's beautiful about it is you understand the language and the desire. It's funny that people think like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good speak. I speak well and people love to hear me speak. But my friends think like an entertainer after it's done, I want to go to the after party. You know, I want to go somewhere where people shower me with the accolades of what I just have completed but it's the total opposite. Like, I just want to go home. I want to go home and go to my house. And so, you know, it, it comes up quite often in discussions. You know what I mean? People think that it's, it's you know, I don't want to be the rock star. That's not my aspiration. My aspiration, you know, when you say to be of service is I am a servant. And, you know, not to get too spiritual, but I, I guess that's not a problem, is the fact that when you look at life from the proper perspective, you know, sometimes I get uh, ridiculed because I give free things. I'm a terrible businessman. So, you know, because I, I come from a God place. So there's times where if I don't have my business side, which is my wife, jump in, you know, I'm a firm believer that if you if you walk in that divine, godly way, everything will be provided for you. Oh so God. I'm never, yeah, yeah. So I'm never in a position of, I got to sell this many books. I have to have this many speaking engagements. I'm a firm believer that if I do what I'm supposed to do, the way I'm supposed to do it, I'll be compensated. <laughs> Michael, I feel like we've been hanging out for years. <laughs> I always say the same thing. As long as I'm on the right track, everything else will work itself out. Yeah. That's all that matters. That's my only job, right? Yeah. And an affirmation I like to use with that is everything is always working out for my highest good. And yeah. sometimes we can't see what that is, but 
it reveals itself at the exact right time. And I have to say, having you here on the show today has been part of that manifestation, part of having this conversation at the exact right time. I know you make a difference in this world. And thank you so much for being on the show. I just want to repeat your contact information again, and it will be in the show notes. Michael Arter Berry dot com and youthvoicescenter.org or you can just email him directly which is awesome michael arterberry llc at gmail.com on facebook michael dot arterberry facebook as well youth voices center and on linkedin michael arterberry i'm going to put that on the show notes and hook up the links because i want people to find you you are a bright light and my life is better for having this conversation with you thank you thank you and listen in the process of giving free stuff away if they they go to shake the dirt experience.com, Victoria, mm-hmm. they'll get a free copy of my book. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Again, the book is called Be Encouraged 250 Days of Motivation and Encouragement. It's wonderful. Thank you for that beautiful gift. Thank you. Okay, bye bye for now. Thank you for joining us today. It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.